Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Harvard undergrad, Harvard Law School. She clerked for Justice Breyer, the very man that she says has mentored her, the men she wants to now uh, emulate and be able to, she said, I can't fill his shoes, but I'm going to maybe fill that seat. Uh, that's what she aspires to now. You got to look at the political makeup of the Senate. The votes are there for Democrats if they stick together. She did get three votes from Republicans in her last vetting at the Senate last year, but already we're seeing both Democrats and Republicans saying, we're going to do a thorough vetting this time. The Supreme Court is different. Congresswoman, or excuse me, Senator Lisa Murkowski, who's a Republican, said, yes, I voted for her last year, but I consider this to be a whole different vetting process. Even Joe Manchin, a Democrat, has said, I take this uh, duty to advise and consent in this process very seriously. I look forward to meeting her, and I'm going to do that and vet her before I decide if I'm going to vote for her. So a lot of political considerations in place. You can look not only as uh, to her years on the federal bench, but she also worked as a federal uh, public defender. She also did pro bono work for defense of Guantanamo Bay detainees. And one of the things her critics are saying about her is that many of her decisions as a district court judge had a high rate of being overturned at the appellate level. She now sits on that appellate level, which is considered one step away from taking the bench on the U.S. Supreme Court. All right, Biden's Supreme Court nominee. You know, he's got to hit all those check boxes. You know, if he makes a promise to you, he's, he's got to make sure he fulfills those promises, although up to this point, he hasn't fulfilled any. <laughs> he hasn't been doing a real great job. If you're a if you're a lefty and that's what you're looking for is Joe Biden to to save you by passing all these radical um, agenda or passing this radical agenda he's got. He hasn't done such a great job at it. Uh, as you heard, Miss Jackson, she's a Harvard graduate, so she's obviously well educated. She did was born in D.C. but grew up in Miami. Unfortunately, she was down here in my town. Um. There is some concerns from outside groups about her style, let's say. Um, while no one doubts her intelligence and knowledge of the law, she's shown that she's willing to put her radical leftist views before letter of the law and the Constitution. Alfonso uh, Aguilar, president of the Latino Partnership of Conservative Principles, told Fox News Digital to preserve the proper balance among the constitutional branches of government. We cannot have another active ideologue in the highest court of the land trying to push a particular political point of view. I couldn't agree with him more. He also said that Hispanic citizens are turned off by the Democrats turn to the extreme left and will take note that the president has decided to nominate someone who, in her career as an attorney and then as a federal judge, has aggressively worked to promote a woke agenda. Later on in the article, he went and said once again, Joe Biden and the Democrats' party have shown the people of our country that radical policies and political pandering are more vital to them than serving all people of our country. Which, I mean, how could you disagree with that? Well, I can tell you that one of my biggest problems with her personally uh, is she's definitely pro-choice. Uh, I am extremely pro-life, and I think you already know that. 
she is a advocate for uh, there being a zone around um, abortion clinics that you're not allowed to protest in that zone. So you can't be like right in front of the building. You might have to be across the street or whatnot, but you can't be right in front of the building protesting for uh, pro-life causes. Uh, she also thinks that speech pertaining to abortion should be regulated. To me, that's real dangerous because then she's willing to silence somebody that disagrees with her political ideology. So I once again think it's a bad choice. I also think it's a poor choice just in general because he's uh, Biden's trying to hit a you know, a a checklist. And he selected a black female just because he said he was going to select a black female. And is she the best person for the job? It's hard to say. I mean, we all know that he's going to pick somebody that shares the left's political ideology at the moment. So you know that he's going to pick somebody that's going to roll with them. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's, It's going to play out this week. You know, the nominations, you heard Joe Manchin had a few things to say. Some of the Republicans that she had support from last year are not uh, saying they're going to give her the same support this year. They want to have a fair and balanced review of her. We'll see how it all plays out. I don't hold, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith, excuse me, in the process anyways. More than likely, she'll end up being confirmed unless something devastating comes out about her. I think she'll be confirmed in the court is more or less going to have the same or similar makeup to what it has right now. It's just that Joe Biden could give himself a pat on the back and he could tell everybody going into November, look, I told you I was going to give you the black woman on the Supreme Court and I did it. You got the black lady. Vote for the Democrats. Yeah, that's that's more or less uh, <laughs> how stupid that's going to be. All right, on to the next. CPAC was this past weekend. Wanted to share with you a little audio clip of that. Because I love this country. We love this country, and we're going to bring this country back, and it's going to be bigger and better and stronger than ever before. But remember, they're coming after me. Because I'm standing up for you. And that is it. I'm standing up for you. Donald Trump once again alluded to the fact that he will be running. He has not officially said that he's going to run for president, but he keeps alluding to the fact that he's going to run and he keeps telling people you're going to be very happy. I think most people know he's going to run, but apparently there's some election laws, which I don't know that much about, that he can't announce it this early. Uh, some some silly thing like that. Um, they did do a straw poll uh, for the Republican Party at CPAC, who the front runner is. And during that straw poll, Donald Trump is the reigning winner at 59%. Last year, he was only at 55, so that has grown. Ron DeSantis came behind him at, came behind him at 28%. Um, again, selfishly, Ron needs, needs to sit put in Florida here, <laughs> so my life doesn't change. Uh, no, if he's best for the country, if he's got to go, he's got to go. I would like him to stay, but whatever's best for all of us. Um, and then oddly enough, Mike Pompeo came in in third place at a whopping 2%. (laughs) So, um, unsurprisingly during CPAC, 99% of participants disapprove of Joe Biden's performance. 
uh, and 98% strongly disapprove of Biden's performance. Big shocker there. Uh, CPAC, I guess, was a success this week. Donald Trump hopefully will run again. He looks like our best option going forward, and I think that's mainly because he's got the mental strength to take everybody back on again, probably even stronger than he was the first time because he knows exactly what he's facing now. He knows who to trust now. There is no learning curve. You're going to throw him back in there, and he is ready to go. I think that would probably be the best-case scenario for the country. He knows about the Great Reset. He knows about all of these things that are going on so he can attack them and help save this country before it is too late. I'd like to see that happen. Saying that he knows what he's facing now, if you remember at the end of his presidency, during the January 6th, fiasco that happened bill barr was getting a little testy with trump if he kind of fell off prior to that you didn't hear a whole lot about him he's supposed to be doing all these investigations nothing's coming out and then ultimately he kind of turned a little bit on trump and it's kind of funny that he did that because bill barr i think was probably the most popular that he's been in his entire career towards the end there with most conservatives probably more hated by the left but what most conservatives were becoming real popular because they thought that he was going to do the right thing, ultimately not so much. Well, in his upcoming book, he profiled, or profiled by the Wall Street Journal, Barr argued that former President Trump has shown that he neither has the temperament nor the persuasive powers to provide the kind of positive leadership that is needed. Barr even went as far as to say that Trump could have won the 2020 election if he had just exercised a monicum of Self-restraint, moderating even a little bit of his pettiness. He says the election was not stolen, as he asserted that in his book pretty heavily, and that Trump had just lost it. Uh, Bill advises Republicans look to an impressive array of younger candidates for the 2024 election to avoid the pitfalls of the former president's erratic personal behavior. (laughs) Well, I guess when you pick a side, you go pretty hard at it, huh? Uh, Barr went on to profile a meeting that he had in the Oval Office with Trump uh, about the evidence of voter fraud. He claims Trump shouted at him, this is killing me, it's killing me, Uh, this is pulling the rug right out from under me. He stopped for a moment and they said, you must hate Trump. You would only do this if you hate Trump, supposedly, or per the Wall Street Journal, that's what Barr had told them. I guess somewhere further in the book... Barr said that the absurd lengths to which he took this stolen election claim led to the rioting uh, on Capitol Hill. You know, it's all well and good, and he's allowed to say whatever he wants to say. The book, I don't know if it's out yet or not. It's not like I'm eager, waiting for it to come out to read it. (laughs) I I really don't believe that Bill Barr is going to provide enough insight for me to sit there and waste my time reading 600 pages of nonsense. I'm sure it's going to be nice, boring reading. So I don't know if it's out or if it hasn't come out, but it's real easy to sit here and take cheap shots after the fact. Uh, But I would like to point out that you can see that from both sides of the party, uh, whether you're Democrat or Republican, they're still trying to bury this guy. I mean, I really think that everybody is just that scared of Trump that they want to do everything that they can to 
ensure that he doesn't come back in 2024 because they don't have a candidate that can rival him. I think whoever he's up against, we go out in full force and vote accordingly. I believe that he would win in 2024. A lot of states have tightened voting laws. Some states, not so much. They need to get on the ball. And there's some states that you already anticipate they're not going to do that because they're blue run states anyway. So you just kind of count those out as losses. Hopefully, people get on the ball of the voting rights. Hopefully, he will come back in 2024. As I said, he keeps alluding to that, but he hasn't said uh, definitely one way or the other for sure as of yet. But, I mean, you could read in between the lines. It sounds like he's coming back. 2024 should be a good year. I know it's a long way out from where we are right now, and a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. Hopefully, things will settle down after November. There's no real big ticket items up on the docket right now that look like they will fundamentally change this country. So I would say at this point, you probably want to pay attention to what you're doing in your personal life. You know that uh, interest rates are up. They're going to start. The Fed is finally going to start jacking up the interest rates there. Inflation's up. That's what I meant. Inflation, not interest rates. Interest rates are going to go up. Inflation's already up. Sorry. Uh, inflation's already up. Interest rates are going to go up, which means inflation for a short time is going to get even higher. So I would say pay attention to things in your personal life. Obviously keep paying attention to politics, but you want to hunker down, get your house financially in order. If you can, even small steps, you don't have to, you know, eat the whole apple at one time, take bites and just work on it slowly and get everything in order for yourself and prepare for what's coming next. Just be smart about what you're doing going forward. If we win everything in November, as it's anticipated, we should. Um, I think we can all take a deep sigh of relief and focus on other world issues that uh, are coming our way. All right, uh, George Soros. Now, a couple days ago, I saw these tweets because I followed George Soros because of who he is. Uh, he doesn't usually say a whole lot on Twitter. I don't even know if he handles his Twitter account or he has somebody else do it for him. But he had a couple tweets come out. Uh, his tweets say, I've witnessed Ukraine transform from a collapsing part of the Soviet Union to a liberal democracy in an open society. It has faced countless acts of Russian aggression, but has persisted. Brave Ukrainians now on the front line and are risking their lives in an onslaught that reminds me of the siege of Budapest in 1944. It is important that both the transatlantic alliance, the United States, Canada, and European Union, and the United Kingdom, but also other nations do whatever is in their power to support Ukraine in this time of an existential threat. Putin's actions are a direct attack on the sovereignty of all states that were once in the Soviet Union and beyond. Russia is in clear violation of the United Nations Charter and should be held accountable. Allowing Putin to succeed on his, in his quest will send a message across the world that nations can simply be created or dissolved by brute force. We must stand, stand with Ukraine as they stand for us. Uh, because of this, or because, not because of his tweet, but because of what's happening in Ukraine, ironically, a number of pro-mass immigration groups, including those with financial ties to Soros, have already begun urging Biden to open the nation's borders to tens of thousands of Ukrainian refugees. The group also wants Biden to provide Ukrainians in the U.S. with temporary protected status to ensure they cannot be arrested or deported by ICE and are eligible for work permits. 
Now, does that come as a big surprise to anybody who knows anything about George Soros, who already funds open border uh, groups in the United States right now? It's also ironic that Soros is so concerned about Ukraine, but you haven't heard him say anything about any other country that's being invaded. He doesn't make a peep about uh, China and Taiwan. He doesn't say anything when they're trying to get the, the Palestinians, Palestinians, excuse me, are trying to get into Israel. He doesn't say anything about any other countries, but he's focused on Russia and Ukraine. And naturally, his main focus for the organizations that he heavily funds is to open our borders as he would like them to be so you can have even more refugees over here and we can flood this country with even more people. One of his downfalls, I think, would be is you're going to let people in here that are only, what, 30 years removed from a communist dictatorship? Do you really think that they're going to vote the way you want them to? I don't personally think so, but if you guys want to take that gamble, and so be it. I also think that we should not be opening the borders to anybody. We should be shutting all of our borders down right now. The world is in such an uncertain place. We shouldn't be letting anybody across right now. I'm completely against open borders. I'm completely against allowing people to come in this country that are not checked and vetted before they get here, and we shouldn't be doing it. Now, George Soros... The guy who likes to topple countries, who has jokingly laughed about taking down societies and, and restructuring them the way he sees fit, is the very guy that's now so concerned that the exact thing that he looks for is being done to a country that maybe he thinks it shouldn't be done to? If you know anything about how nasty this guy is, about how much he funds how involved he is in this global takeover that they're trying to achieve, you would know that this would be like taking advice from the devil. You know I mean? Would you be willing to sit down at a table and take advice from Satan, knowing who he is, and think that that's actually going to be advice that benefits you? Because that would be similar to taking advice from Soros. Anything that Soros says... Believe me, it's not for the best. It's not best for this country. It's not best for you. It's going to be what's best for his agenda, similar to what the Democrats do in Congress. They're only going to do what's best for their agenda, not what's best for the American people, only for them. They're only concerned for themselves. I found that very interesting that he's interjecting himself in here, trying to act as if he's compassionate and cares what's actually happening in the Ukraine when he is the type of a person that causes situations like this to arise does anybody else but me find that a little bit awkward if you don't know anything about george soros if you want to listen to my podcast on him it's over a year ago you're gonna to have to scroll way back to find that one but i think that if i remember correctly the title's name is what's with george soros um if not for me please do your own homework look it up yourself gain the knowledge for yourself um uh, George Soros, and I know I've mentioned Glenn Beck quite a bit. Um, I listen to a lot, a lot of different political commentators. It's just pertaining to anything pertaining to the Great Reset or George Soros. That's pretty heavy with Glenn Beck, so that's why I kind of go in that direction. Uh, but he's probably the guru on uh, George Soros. I even believe that at some point Glenn Beck said that uh, Soros formed 
and I think he spent a million dollars to do so. Don't quote me, but uh, if my memory serves me correctly, because this was a while ago I heard this on Glenn Beck, um, that he paid uh, a group of people, I guess it was up to a million dollars for the whole operation, uh, to monitor every single thing that is said about him by Glenn Beck because Glenn Beck is exposing him and knows so much about his um, ongoing. So if you want to find out from anybody, that's probably one of your better sources to find out from. And, you know, he's a good source because he's always going to give you where he finds the information from. So it's not just like, hey, I'm telling you this and just believe me. He'll show you where all the the, uh, sources are and that way you can read it and do all the homework for yourself. But, yeah, I did find that interesting. Uh, the drama with the Ukraine and Russia continues. I think we're, what, five or six days out now that they've been consistently fighting. Reports are coming in that Ukraine is doing a pretty good job standing their ground. Um, I think even uh, Zelensky said that uh, 4,500 uh, Russian troops have been killed. I don't know how true any of these reports are. You know, it's hard to know what's true. Um There's even a report that's coming out or something that was said by Marco Rubio. And I don't know if anybody else heard this, but Marco Rubio kind of said like Putin's not in the same mind frame as he once was. It it was almost like he was saying that there's something wrong with him mentally. Uh, Since none of us have the opportunity to talk to any of these people to kind of feel them out for ourselves to see, do you think something's wrong? You're not going to see any of their medical reports. All you can go by is what other people say, but he was alluding to that without actually directly saying anything. Um, If you remember not a short time ago, Joe Biden said he's a worthy adversary. And when he was going to go talk to him, you know, it was, it was nerve wracking for most people. Cause you're like, Oh, you're putting this dummy up against Putin. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a slaughter. However, Joe Biden saying he's a worthy adversary. Maybe just maybe and this is only a theory now. It's <laughs> just maybe because we all know Joe Biden ain't all there. So if he thinks he's a worthy adversary, maybe that's because Putin's not all there. And those two are having some type of a, a, a mental warfare at an infantile level because neither one of them are firing on all cylinders. Could be. Just my just just a thought I had. Obviously, I have nothing to back that up other than thinking, well, you know, if you got Dementia Joe saying, eh, he's a worthy adversary, and then you got Marco Rubio alluding to Putin's got a problem. Putin has never been as aggressive as he is right now. He's always threatened, but he's never actually acted on anything. Well, that's possible. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I mean, look who's in the White House right now. All right, that's Tuesday's episode. I hope you like what you're hearing. Please rate and review me. It does help out quite a bit. I can help get your name out, whatever the hell it was. Uh, social medias. You got all of them. Let's just do it again tomorrow.